Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. John. Yeah. This is episode 123? 122. Dang it. <laughs> which, is, uh, which is funny that you say that because we're going to be recording 123 here in a minute. Yes. That's um, true. Because I will be occupied uh, with work all week next week. Yep. So we are. So going next to week you're getting a stale podcast. No, it's not stale. I've there's there's a very uh, it's been put in the freezer and kept fresh. There's a very timely uh, topic that we're ah. going to be talking about next week. Okay. Um, you mean later? Yeah. It, well, later for us, but next week for other people. We're all getting right. into the time travel thing again, Chris. And let's not do that. Let's not do that again. Yeah. yeah. So, Chris, this is this is in this is one of the last episodes we will record in this podcasting room. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy Because wild. I will be moving here in the next few weeks. So I think we'll have tonight, and then we'll have uh, one more before we, uh, one more night of recording. We'll have to do something special um, for the last night. Yeah, well, like, like blow it up. Blow no, up the let's house. Not, let's not do that. That's not, that's not okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's in the, uh, the old rental <laughs> agreement. Um, but anyway, so yes. When you move out, you may blow up the house. <laughs> Seems like an odd clause to add. I just I don't understand. That, why do you need this in well, here I again? Well, I don't know. <laughs> just pretty re- sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> what is that? It's off of SNL. Oh it's, gosh, that's right. It's, it's one of the uh, right. the the Weekend Update guys. The guy who comes in and he's oh man, what is this? What's he called? Oh, I'll figure man. it out here in a second. You keep talking, <laughs> dude. John, what have so, you been up to this week? Uh, what have I been up to this week? Um, well, a lot of uh, a lot of kind of moving and packing and uh, and that sort of thing. So tr- you know, looking for looking for a new place to live. All of the, these things, all of these very important life things. Um, so not a whole ton else. Uh, update on my ankle though. Yeah, I uh, I have been doing doing rehab, doing the this pool running, upgraded to biking as well. Added that in, so I've uh, been doing some some nice nice bike rides every once in a while. All right, it's been fun, dude. Um, what have you been up to this week? So first, pretty sure that 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 line comes from <laughs> Bobby Moynihan's character Anthony Crispino. Love it on Weekend Update. Love it, dude. It's whenever he gets all the secondhand information and it's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like. Like I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, keeps going. I'm pretty sure. Pretty <laughs> sure. Oh, um, yeah. So uh, this week, man. What? Oh, I went up. To, oh, so for uh, this was Labor Day, right? Yeah. Labor. Yes. Did not labor on Labor Day, but uh, went up to uh, to St. Louis. Went to a Cardinal baseball game. Went yeah. to Illinois. Went to the. Uh, Decoin Illinois State Fair. Nice. And Did you get um, yourself a blanket dog. I got myself a blanket dog, which if anyone hasn't had that, it's a hot dog surrounded by cheese wrapped in cinnamon roll dough. Yeah, so it's essentially like think about a pig in a blanket, mm-hmm. um, like a like the small but with cheese inside. Yeah, and completely encompassed and an entire hot dog. Yes. So it is. It is just delicious, and it's amazing. Oh yeah. And it's 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 a uh, it's a sometimes food, you know, but it's uh, because Some, what because mean sometimes food. Well, as in like the state fair only comes around like oh, once right. every year, right. and uh, so you got to get it while you got it. Yeah, so you got to you got to get like four of them uh-huh. and and eat them all. You know, yeah. I ate two of them. Yeah, I only had it once. We were only we we went twice, but the second time they weren't ready yet. So what? Um, yeah, we we had to be back back in Nashville <sighs> by a certain time. So. Oh, um, that's I so got, sad. I got did a slice of pizza cry? and I got a corn dog. Yeah. And um, a lemon shakeup and an orange shakeup. Did you perchance get they they uh, sell at that state fair? They sell corn. Um, Did that is uh, it's, dipped in butter? Yeah, it's it's literally like a corn shuck. Like they they steam it, and so yep. it's cooked corn. Yep, and then they undo the uh, the what are they called the leaves from the corn. Uh-huh. So they un they, they shuck, sh- the, they shuck corn, the corn, and then they dip it in a bunch of butter, and they salt it yeah. and give it back to you. It was delicious, John. Yeah. I can uh, imagine. Yeah, sweet corn. Oh, man, it was good. Yeah. So that's what I went up to just uh, like life-wise um, in terms of entertainment-wise. So something crazy happened to me yesterday, John. Okay, hit me, Chris. I, I, uh, well, something put, crazy happened to me today. I I put it on Facebook, but I didn't put it like anywhere else. But so only my uh, my friends on Facebook know. But so yesterday, um, I got 
out of the shower. This was yesterday evening. Got out of the shower. Um, walked into the living room, and my wife, Dee Dee, was like, we, watching, we just had television on. We were thinking about watching Fear the Walking Dead, but so I just walk out. And on the television is Big Bang Theory, and the characters in Big Bang, Big Bang Theory are watching um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And you can hear the music and the, gun, the whip and all that kind of stuff. And Dee Dee goes, oh, I'd like to watch that movie. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go, I go get the, the Blu-ray. I go get you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark out. I pop it in and uh, press play. And uh, she's like, oh, are we watching Indiana Jones? I was like, <laughs> didn't you just say you wanted to watch this? And she said, no, I meant I wanted to watch Star Wars. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Which is another John Williams <laughs> score. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're very similar, granted. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh. Okay, well, they were watching Indiana Jones. However, I'm not entirely sure you could convince the uh, or or basically hear a whip and think it is a lightsaber. True, true. I, you know, she was like she was doing things. I don't know if she was paying close close attention, but you know, yeah. I mean, it was very obvious what they if you were listening to the television show too what they were watching because they were discussing Indiana Jones, not Star Wars. But that's beside the point. She was like, "Oh, I thought I, I wanted to watch Star Wars." I'm like, "Oh, well, this is you know, they were watching." They were watching Indiana Jones, but if you want to watch Star Wars, we can turn this off. She's like, no, this is fine. Yeah. So we get done watching Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. And uh, I go get in bed. I pick up my phone, and you know how Facebook has the you know feature where it's like, you know, you have memories with so-and-so today or whatever. Yeah, I just like, clicked, like four years ago today. Yeah, I clicked on it and just scrolled through and then realized that three years ago exactly – we had watched Raiders of the Lost Ark in IMAX. Yes. <laughs> the same movie three years beforehand. Yes. On September 9th. <laughs> oh, that, dude, that's awesome. And then I was like super creeped out. So I feel and like. it was like, this is. I feel like you're, the on, chances. you're on a three year cycle of watching movies. And so, like, you're. Whatever you watched, like, the next week, you're going to watch next weekend. Yeah. Like, whatever you watched on September, whatever, you know, three years ago. You're gonna watch it to this upcoming weekend, man. And that's possible. It's you, you're you are programmed to want to watch these things on a three year cycle, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, so crazy thing happened to me today. It has nothing to do with entertainment, but I'm driving down the interstate, right? Going, uh, going, going down to to meet up with somebody for work, and I'm driving down the interstate, right? And there is a cow in the interstate. What? Just a straight Where? up, just a, just a cow, like a cow is just in no. the interstate. Yeah. Where? And it's on the way down from Nashville to Murfreesboro. Oh and my gosh. Like I said, I'm driving out. I don't drive down there very, like very what, often. By what for work or it was, uh, it was at mile marker 69. Oh my god. So goodness. it was really close. Like that's to like town. right next to, yeah. that, that's right. That's right next to my mile. Yeah, right, mile. Yeah, right next to no. your exit. Yeah. What lane was it in? It was in like, it was in the far, it was almost in the far right lane. So it was like halfway in between the far right lane and the next lane. A cow. A cow. And it was a, it was a, a brown cow with the white spots, right? No. So I'm like, I'm like, I didn't know what to do or at people, first. Like people were crashing I, or into it or anything. I, I didn't see anybody crash into it, but there were people driving on both sides of it, and it was just oh my standing goodness. there, chewing the cud, you oh know, as as cows do, just munching on whatever they munch on, and uh, and moseying around across the interstate. Oh man! And I'm just like, what? What is this? Um, this is something I would potentially expect from a more rural area. Uh, then there, I, I just, it didn't, couldn't, I think the first thought that went through my head was, did it, did it jump a fence somewhere or did it fall off of a truck somewhere? Oh my gosh. And there's some, some, you know, uh, truck driver that's going to get to his destination, uh, expecting to l- deliver some cows and they're going to be gone. You know, you go back there and just, there's, there's no oh cow in gosh. your truck. Um, anyway, so I call like, what do you do in this situation? I called 911, right? Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's. I don't know that it's, I was like a life-threatening emergency. I don't, I don't know if somebody wrecks into that, I could kill somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, 911, this is, it's the right call. It's the right call. Yeah. So I called 911. Yeah. And the 911 person answers uh-huh. and basically says 911 and like they usually say, what's your emergency? What's right. your location? They usually ask you a question right off yeah. the bat. And I, I they just said 911 and I was like, so, and then she goes, she goes, are you calling about the cow that's on interstate 24? 
And I said, yes, I'm calling about the cow that's in the interstate. She goes, yeah, we already know. We're sending people. <laughs> She's like, I gotten 100 other calls today about it. Stupid cows ruining my morning. It's just, I mean, this was like in the middle of the day. Like this is this is close to noon. You know, there's oh my the, gosh. Just the lunch crew that's driving around the town, you know grief. city, and there's just a cow. Dude, that cow is lucky. Like some semi didn't come along and just cream it. Oh my gosh! I literally was sitting there going like. I, Someone could hit that cow, and oh, it would. Yeah. It would. Well, what if it just moves? It would be the worst. Like that would that would stop traffic. That would be like there would be multiple cars that would pile into that thing. I mean, sometimes you know, you'll, I was going seventy miles an hour down the interstate. Sometimes you'll see like you know, like a a truck tire or something like tread come off or something like yeah. that just in the road, and you have to kind of swerve. I don't ever expect <laughs> to see a cow. In the middle of the interstate, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in four just, lanes of interstate. I, I mean, and it was it was cars were going like around it, like really close, and it just didn't care. That's insane. It was just whatever. I'm just out here chilling. That's there wild. was a car that was pulled over to the side that was like watching this go down. Like I, I was I can't imagine what they were trying to do. Like, are they going to try to lure this cow off the interstate, or were they like were they? Did they potentially have a lasso? Oh, my gosh. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, who do you call in that situation, too? Like, do you call the fire department? Do you call the police officers? You would think it'd be like a combination of, like, police and animal control. <laughs> yeah, you would have Something to. Something like that. Somebody who, who knows how cows work. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Just call the nearest nearest cow farmer? Yeah. I don't know. That's Weird, dude. insane, dude. Anyway, I just like the idea that this that the, uh, the 911 people are, are whatever, you know, place that they're in there every single person in the office is getting calls about a cow on the road <laughs> are you calling about the cow <laughs> just that was the first question was, are you calling i was like so and she goes are you calling about the cow on the road <laughs> okay that's hilarious anyway that's my that's my random story that's amazing um yeah so we're gonna review the <laughs> sorry just diving right back into the podcast here we're gonna review <laughs> star wars shattered empire comic uh-huh. And uh, I need to get my code because I'm actually going to give away my digital copy Ooh. of uh, of this comic. And That's so, awesome. so the first person who listens to this podcast could actually get a free copy of uh, of this via cool. a digital copy. That's awesome. So I'll have to get that before we do the review. But uh, we do have some news. All right, Chris, the news. Yes. We have the news ready. So, I have some news ready. Okay. There's there's been a rather large shakeup with Marvel uh, Studios and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, where they there was basically some people that were removed from the chain of um, creative control of some of these movies. Um, so, I guess for for all of the Marvel movies, there's been like a council of people who are interacting. They basically go as a go between, between the comics and the movie universe to make sure everything is, is correct. And everything is, uh, coherent and is in the same style as like the comics is stays true to their, their original forms. Um, and uh, they've basically eliminated that co- council. They've also changed out who uh, Kevin Feige re- reports to. So he reports directly to the uh, CEO of Disney now, rather than reporting to Bob Iger. Yeah, Bob Bob Iger. And so this is a huge shakeup uh, of you know just just what we've been ha- what we've known so far with the Marvel universe. Um, which is, I, I don't know, it was wild whenever I first read it. I was like, I don't, I don't know what to think of this. Um, because, I mean, we don't really see what kind of input the council really has on the movies. You know, we don't know if they're just kind of like there. Or I know that the, the scripts have to go to them and they have to write notes on all of the scripts. Um, and in fact, uh, the, the rumor was that um, uh, some of the kind of tensions between like Edgar Wright and some of the reasons why he kind of left Ant-Man were, were because of some of the notes that he had gotten back on from the, this committee. And so, you know, by removing them, does this solve problems? Does this cause more problems? Like what's, you know, what's the, what's the story here? So, uh, okay. So the, according to the Hollywood reporter, um, the, all this kind of uh, occurred around um, the filming of Captain America: Civil War. So this is what the, what the article says. Um, Hollywood Reporter uh, says that uh, in the end, somewhat ironically, it was upcoming Captain America: Civil War that helped catalyze 
a long brewing civil war inside Marvel itself that ended with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige breaking free from his longtime boss, Marvel Entertainment Isaac Perlmutter. Um, he will now report to Disney Studios chief, not not um, CEO, but Disney Studios chief Alan Horn instead of Perlmutter, the New York-based executive who oversees the Disney-owned company. Multiple sources say that Faye's years of frustration came to a head in part over the making of the third installment of the Captain America franchise, which recently completed filming in Georgia. Others say it was a move whose time had finally come because the film division slowly has gravitated towards Disney and now will be based on the Burbank studio lot. Civil War, set for release May 6th, has been nicknamed Avengers 2.5 because of its scope and its huge cast. It's more in line with the Marvel mega-movies than the studio's normal single-hero audience. Set for release in May 2016, Civil War sees the Marvel heroes pitted against each other. It features almost every actor from the Avengers movies, including Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, and introduces Tom Holland as a new screen version of Spider-Man. Sources say the budget on Civil War ballooned accordingly, which didn't sit well with the famous frugal Perlmutter. Quote, New York wanted to scale it down, says one insider. Marvel and Disney declined to con- comment. New York, in this case, wasn't just Perlmutter, it was also Marvel's so-called Creative Committee, a group of executives from Marvel's various divisions, including publishing, as well as Alan Fine, Perlmutter's right-hand man. The collective has been around since the early inception of Marvel Studios in the mid-2000s, offering critiques of creative choices as well as input on business decisions. Insiders say with Fahey breaking free of Perlmutter and the New York side of the company, the committee will not be disbanded, but its influence over the Marvel movies will be nominal at best. The reorganization does not affect Marvel's television unit, which has enjoyed far less success than the film operation, but does have several series on the, on the air, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter on ABC and Daredevil on Netflix. The TV arm still reports to Perlmutter and the committee. Publisher Dan Buckley and Chief Creative Officer Joe Quesada are among those who will remain on the committee for continuity purposes, as some coordination and cooperation is required for Marvel's film, TV, comic book, and merchandising arms to capitalize on projects and events. New York had a big say for a long time, but hasn't Kevin earned the right to some autonomy? He's made the company billions. Why is he reporting to a 72-year-old man who doesn't make movies? Asked one insider. Ooh, that was, that was pretty... That's uh, pretty, pretty inflammatory yeah. there. Sources say Fahey contemplated leaving Marvel. Certainly, he might be the industry's single most employable executive before Disney CEO Bob Iger approved a reorganization that sees Fahey reporting to Horn. In terms of how business is done on, this, on the film side, the impact of the shakeup is not yet clear. Why would it change, says one top agent? It's proven to be successful, and everyone still wants to be part of the Marvel Universe. But another top dealmaker holds out hope that the company will ease up on its notoriously tough terms and talent deals for all but the biggest Marvel stars. Quote, I'm secretly hoping that it gets better with this realignment. They're cheap, they're aggressive, it certainly can't get any worse. Man. Another person who has dealt with Marvel on numerous deals expressed hope that Marvel may loosen its tight reins on talent deal points. For example, Marvel, with several exceptions, does not pay merchandising royalties, which is not the industry norm, according to this source. Also, Marvel demands the right to use up to three minutes of an actor's performance from one movie for another, described as bridging material, when the broader norm is 30 seconds. Adds another top player, I think it will be smoother and easier without Ike. Um, Man. There's a lot of uh, a lot of people who are very pro this decision. Yeah, um, and uh, I thought there was more to that story, but I guess there's not. So I mean, really, yeah, that's really basically it. So. I think what's what's going to be interesting is, and, and I think what, what I where I see are the ramifications happening. Oh, so if there was also a um, a piece in I think it's IGN here. Let me back up to this one. It says. Um, Birth.movies.death claims that the reason there are no Black Widow toys is specifically because Ike with Perlmutter, Ike Perlmutter um, with a background in toys, believes girl toys do not sell, and thus vetoed, vetoed them again and again. One guy was the roadblock. I mean, so, I, I okay, so I've always thought, like, whenever you walk into a Disney store, you walk into, you know, um, like, even here in, like, here in town, if you look at the superhero toys... There are no Black Widow toys. There are no female superhero toys, or you know whatever, even T-shirts or whatever. As she's conspicuously always left off of the merchandise. Um, there, while you look at Star Wars, and there's like you know there's female Star Wars characters, there's action figures, that sort of thing. And but on the Marvel side, like it's. Well, apparently, it's so Pearl, odd that there's not. Perlmutter was the problem. I mean, so th- what's, what's if weird? If that's true, I, I mean, I don't know if it would only be one person. I don't know. Well, what's what's crazy is well, it's probably him convincing the rest of the um, 
the the council to go along with this saying, well, I, I'm, I have the background in toys, you know, like, oh, listen to me. Yeah. Um, it, it's crazy that that kind of thing existed anyway, I think. Yeah. And uh, it's weird that, like, it's like, what does he even do anymore if he's not in charge of the movies? He's in charge of the television shows. But I think the, uh, the bigger picture and I think the ramification for us and our listeners is that there's now going to be even more of a separation between the TV shows yeah. and the movies. I was about and to say, I don't, you, can, you can write off them playing nice, uh, you know, for a while here, you know, at the very least. So. And I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's a good thing for the Marvel universe. I don't think it's a good thing for us because like we said before, you know, like the, the thing that has kind of held back, um, the television series is the fact that they don't tie into the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. And, uh, that's only going to get worse. Yeah. It always feels like reactionary from a storytelling perspective that it's like, Oh, this big thing happens that we didn't know was happening in the, in the cinematic universe. And so then that has these huge ramifications for the show. And, and so, I mean, it just comes across as like a reactionary thing. And so it never really feels like it's its own kind of thing. And, I don't know. It's just, yeah, this, this shakeup, it's also interesting to me. Like you look at the restrictions sometimes like creatively there, you know, with restrictions comes, you know, excellence and things like that. Like where, where people will work through things or a different, you know, more collaborative, uh, minds together can come up with a really cool thing. So the fact that the council and, you know, all these other minds now are, are gone and now it's just basically Kevin Feige and whoever he brings on board. Um, it seems like, you know, them operating with this autonomy, it's like, where does this go? Like, this is the next phase of movies are going to be the first kind of true uh, Kevin Feige and that that group of people's, you know, movies. Like, this is going to be them operating with just complete autonomy, like the article said, you know. it's And so that's going to be interesting to watch about, you know, where does this go? Is this going to be more successful? Is this going to be more fun? Is this going to be more crazy? Um, you know, rep- reportedly some of the bigger name actors, especially like after Iron Man, um, you know, kind of came out, but like Captain America, like, uh, Chris Evans reportedly, like in the first movie, he had a very low salary and then it upped every movie after that, that he had. Um, but you know, reportedly he had a very low salary for that first movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, 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 they had all that stuff in there about like, these are all from, um, uh, people who care about like, well, how they deal with the actors that doesn't really affect yeah. us really no, not like, at all and honestly like they've shown time and time again like i don't think that the you know the that article kind of painted it in light of like well we should just pay actors whatever they want i don't i don't necessarily think you know like it's a bad thing that you know that they can um on a frugal budget have right. all those actors in right. one movie and the, the only the only you only get to do that if you pay them um probably you know like less than they would probably want to pull in but we've also seen that marvel is is willing to pay them more you know yeah. they paid robert downey jr like 40 to 50 million dollars on the last uh, on the last movie and it's right. gone up every single time he gets like percentage points from uh, profits from the movie ticket sales and all that kind of stuff and so it's like okay you know this is yeah, they're, they're willing to do that because, you know, whenever you have big names like that and, and names that are now like his, he's proven um, his worth to that, to that right. franchise. And so, you know, you look at, you know, if they're, they're trying out a new actor or they're trying out some, something new, you know, maybe they want to take less risk on the first movie, but then it'll, it'll eventually get to the point where everybody's making, you know, a great wage and that sort of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't even think that's an interesting point. Like the, they, yeah. they, they spend a lot of time on that in the article. It's just like, I don't even care. Yeah. You know, like that doesn't affect us as viewers of the movies. Um, it, re- what, where it does, like, I think really affect us is like, well, now it's kind of just divided and it, maybe it will free up from some creative control. Yeah. Is what it sounds like. Yeah. And uh, and so maybe, you know, that's where it will affect us in terms of the stories that they tell. Yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens with the the TV shows between the TV shows and the movies if there's, you know, big crossovers, if that kind of has less going on that way. It looked like for like the end of Agents of Shield last season, it looked like some things on the show were going to end up setting up um, some things later on in the movies, and so they were introducing kind of the Inhumans and things. Where you know in the in the movies they're going to introduce those characters or bring those characters in. Uh, 
supposedly later on, like in the next couple of movies, um, definitely like for the Infinity War and things. So it, it's it'll be interesting to see if that ends up happening, if that ends up panning out, if if maybe the the show is just kind of kept on its own completely um, in isolation now because there's two com- you know different teams basically running them. Um, I don't know, man. Interesting. Uh, there's also some news, some Star Wars news, a couple of pieces of Star Wars news this, uh, this week. Uh, first of all, Star Wars um, Episode Eight, right? Yes, is now sh- shooting um, in Ireland. So wow. what was previously reported, uh, let me just read this, read this uh, Entertainment Weekly article. Uh, initial reports out of Ireland were that J.J. Abrams and company were returning to the island Skellig Michael off the co- southern coast of Ireland later this month for some additional photography. Although Lucasfilm says those reports uh, in Ireland this month are erroneous, and the actual plan is to begin shooting sequences from director Rain Johnson's 2017 sequel, Episode 8. Basically, uh, uh, Lucasfilm tells uh, Entertainment Weekly that the confusion about what was shooting came from them trying to stay low-key and using the title Star Wars without differentiating between the films. Hmm. Um, But the key thing is that Star Wars Episode 8 is going to begin shooting later this month. Dude. That's what came out of this. Um, episode, or sorry, Rogue One already began shooting earlier in the summer. Right. So they're going to, like, we've got <laughs> Force Awakens so, is coming out, uh, Rogue One shooting, Episode 8 about to start shooting. So, Chris, I think this is this is actually kind of um, lends credence to a theory that you had put out there um, back however many episodes ago, uh, like a lot of episodes ago, probably before episode 100, where you had said that you thought that the schedule, the release schedule for the Star Wars films, like so the the actual, the main line of Star Wars, so 8, 9, 10, and so on and so forth, would be, they would try to shift those away from the Christmas season and into the like pre-summer season, into like May, where they normally have traditionally released, like most Star Wars films mm-hmm. have released. And then the... Uh, the other years, so the the um, Rogue One and and the Han Solo films, you know, supposedly and those types of films will be around the Christmas season. Yeah, the next thing, and so that seems to be kind of what what this schedule would imply that they they're going to have right like pretty. F- quickly after um, Rogue One ends up coming out, they're going to have a quicker turnaround between Rogue One and Episode Eight than they will between Episode Seven and Rogue One. Yeah, or they already have some. Uh, do we have the release dates for everything? I yet? don't. I don't know. I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Um, but uh, yeah, like I honestly, I think they're going to go back to where they want a spring release date for these movies. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's just hard. I mean, it's, we'll see how it goes. It'll it'll. This is the first Star Wars movie. This one will do well. But it's like you know, go moving forward. I think they would like to get back to like where tr- Star Wars movies have traditionally come out, where it's like in May. Uh, I was actually, t- you know, like it was a question that came up earlier this week with, with uh, someone I was talking to. It was like, you know, do I think that they will continue to make Star Wars movies every single year? And I'm like, yeah, I think that they'll make, I think that what could end up happening um, is that the numbered sequels won't be every other year. Like the, like, um, uh, seven, eight, nine. I think that those could end up stretching out to like three years apart or something like that. But um, you know, you look at what they've done with the Marvel movies, and those are those are twice a year. And I mean, you could technically probably do a Star Wars movie twice a year. I don't know that that's beneficial for that franchise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think another thing that's interesting about this is depending on who, what, uh, what actors we see show up at f- filming. Can possibly uh, tell us spoil some things. Spoil some things for no! like, you know, who who is you know still alive after this movie or like, you know, what they're doing. They apparently filmed here for Star Wars Episode um, Seven as well. The reason that let, they have to stay low key is that it's a nature preserve, and then there's like a um, a looks like. 1100 year old monastery that's there that mm. has these steps that go up to like 600 feet above sea level and so like that's probably like it's got some cool imagery and that's probably what they're shooting um against but it's like uh they were there for episode seven they're yeah. there for episode eight i don't know what kind of like location this is we won't know until we see the movie yeah we may not know i mean honestly it may be a new planet like it yeah. may be some completely new place yeah or it could be something like indoor or something like that who knows man yeah someplace we haven't seen on indoor because right. obviously the planets that we visited are gigantic and right. you know so who knows right. what other other locations they might have yes um 
So I guess my question with with filming there and like starting the filming process on that, it's it's interesting that we're filming from like now, like before this movie comes out, before we know whether or not it's a success or whatever. So, I mean, this proves that Disney is like all in on the main on Star Wars, the main line, like they have a plan and they're going to push this thing forward. Um it's interesting that this is going to be coming out alongside a bunch of other Marvel films that we've already announced. And so while they're not really the same necessarily market, um, I, I do think that they overlap a lot. What are we talking um, about? Like Star Wars films and uh, Marvel films. Like they overlap a lot. So you wonder what the release schedule of this will do to Marvel films or, or what the you know, Marvel films release schedule will do to these. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I agree that moving it to the pre-summer thing would would probably make a lot of sense, um, just because that's where they've always been and that's where fans kind of expect it. That's where the uh, you know Disney days and or the the Star Wars uh, weekends in you know Disney World. Well, that's when are. when Star Wars films have traditionally come out. Right, you know, all the the other six. Um, so, you know, that, that's, I think the bigger thing, it's just like, that's Tradition, where they, yeah. that's where they've traditionally come out. That's when they've been successful. Um, this is going to have to be holiday just because I mean, JJ wanted to push it back into, this got pushed back. If you remember, Force right. Awakens got pushed back. He actually wanted to push it back into th- 2016 and Disney said, no, this is coming out in 2015. So it's literally like, I mean, it's like three weeks before the end of the year, yeah. you know? So like, it's, it's the last time. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hitting 2015, but barely, you know? So, right. um, so potentially it could be the biggest movie of 2015 and the biggest movie of 2016. <laughs> uh, depending, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, they would still be categorized as a 2015 of movie. Course. And it's still quarter four, you know, right, right. Um, into the spring. So, yeah, but um, it'll be, it's in, it's crazy, man. Like um, It's happening. It's happening, dude. It's so fun. Oh and, I, like, things are starting to amp up. We had the toys released last Last week we have um, comics and, and books releasing. This week it's just it's crazy. Speaking of toys, speaking of toys, John. Yes. Star Wars has announced a Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty Funko Pop box. This is amazing, Chris. It's like the Marvel's Collector Core, which uh, my boxes are sitting right here, and we've talked about it several times. Yeah. So just to recap very quickly, for twenty five dollars, um, you get what they claim is fifty dollars worth of of uh, stuff inside the box and it's um, different pop figurines, t-shirts, comic books, um, pins, patches. Uh, what are the new like Funko things called? Oh, the, uh, the Dorbs. Dorbs. Yeah. Yep. You had like some bobbleheads. Um, yep. I have some little, Funko little, bobbleheads. little bobbleheads. So like it'll come with anything. It, it'll come with, uh, and it's all exclusive. Like everything that's yes. in the box is exclusive. You're not going to find it anywhere else, whether it's a variant on a figure, um, whether it's a exclusive t-shirt or whatever. Yeah. I think the t- T-shirts have been really cool um, for the Avengers one or for the for the oh, Marvel yeah. boxes, dude. I'm totally getting this. Oh, yeah, like, uh, you can go not to, even a question. Just for our audience, you can go to smugglersbounty.com and pick up this. I'm gonna do it for sure. Like it's like for twenty. Oh my gosh, it's gonna have. So the first box, the theme is um, the Force Awakens. Oh my gosh, and it's gonna be like the Marvel Collector Core, where each box has a different theme. So with Marvel, it's, it's kind of like, well, you know, like this this past month was Secret Wars. It wasn't really following Secret Wars. So I don't. It's not that big a deal to me. Right. This coming week or month or uh, it's villains. It's every other month. So yeah. this coming whatever box box is going to be villains. And it's like, ah, oh, well, I like that. You know, like I'm not like super into. I don't care as far as Star Wars like yeah. goes. They can they can be like, hey, here's a whole whole box just. The theme is Ewoks. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, cool, dude! I, I want all the Ewok sh- stuff. Give me an Ewok shirt. I will wear it everywhere. Yes, like a furry shirt. Oh my goodness! Like, like it literally like will have a uh, Ewok on it that has fuzz. Yes, like it's just the fuzzy shirts. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, I like it. um, you can subscribe to a year membership. It's yes, called join a- us. Join us in our uh, in our Star Wars uh, box grabberness. I don't know the smuggler, whatever it is. If you do a bo- uh, they call it a boss membership. It's a year membership. You, it's one hundred fifty dollars, and you get the twelve boxes, or sorry, the the six boxes. But you get um, uh, a uh, exclusive themed collectible gift every year on the anniversary of your annual membership. Hmm. Or you can just do the pirate, what they call the pirate membership, and it's just recurring. Every single month, 
the difference being one, you have to shell out 150 bucks right now. The other one, you just do 25 bucks at a time. I'm probably going to do the 25 bucks at a time. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, and, and the exclusive figure for the Avengers, uh, or the, the Marvel collector core was, it looks like a, uh, looks like an Oscar basically, but it's like a vinyl Oscar figurine with the, the number of years that you've been, you know, in it, on it. I don't know. It's, it wasn't that appealing to me is the, is the story. Right. So, yeah. So, uh, anyway, smugglersbounty.com yes. you can pick this up i recommend it if, I, I do too if we were doing a pick of the week this would be my pick of the week oh my gosh and uh, i can't wait for this box you can sign up anytime between now and like november 12th and i think they ship up ship ship up they ship up they ship out after that hopefully they get here before the uh, the movie and it has a shirt i can wear to the movie or something dude, like that dude that that's exactly what happened with the uh, the very first box uh, for the marvel collector court it came about a week before the movie came out and i, I was able to to wear the shirt to the premiere it was pretty fun so dude so the box closes on november 12th it says Yes. So every yeah, every box basically they try to uh, get you to say yes or no to a box about a month before it actually right, like, comes right, to right, you, right. like comes to your door. Right. Cool. And that's the news. All right, Chris. Yeah. So before we dive into this review, yes. I'm going to give away my digital copy that's amazing. of the Star Wars Shattered Empire number 1. And, and if uh, you get it, this tweet at us so we know that you won. Yeah, yeah, I tweet we want to know. Us. Um, and so what you're going to do to redeem your code for a free digital copy, go to marvel.com forward slash redeem and the offer expires on, let me see, a year from now. So in 2016, September 1st, 2016. So do it soon. Um, and you're supposed to follow the on-screen instructions to redeem your digital copy and then launch the Marvel Comics app to read your comic now. So you're gonna need a smartphone or a tablet with the Marvel Comics app, and you're gonna need to redeem this on the website, uh, marvel.com forward slash redeem. All right, the code is T-H-M-I-X-B-6-Q-7-U-U-C. All right, enjoy the the uh, the comic. Yes. All right, Chris. So we're gonna are we gonna keep this uh, review fairly spoiler free? Do you want to dive into some spoilers? Oh no. Oh, so yeah, I mean, we um, this. Is, so let's explain what this is first. Yeah. And uh, people can decide for themselves. We will do some spoilers. Um, we'll do a countdown before. Yeah. So this comic is uh, set in the final moments. It begins in the final moments of Return of the Jedi. Um, where you know, spoilers for Return of the Jedi, but uh, but you should have watched it before taking, now. Exactly, they're taking yeah. If anytime, oh gosh, uh, the second <laughs> Death Star, they're destroying the second Death Star, and um, that's where the the comic begins. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just gonna spoil this. Yeah, whole I mean, thing. yeah, we're, let's There's not no do way, a spoiler counter. There's no way to go into it without spoiling yeah. it. So if you don't want to hear anything about this, you want to go get your comic first, pick it up, read it. It does have some like things that we think lead into The Force Awakens. Um, this is, I think, a four-issue miniseries. So uh, between now, I guess, what is this? This is September, October, November, December. Yeah. Um, and it's the first week. No, wait. This is the second week. So, uh, man, what is this, the 10th? Let's see here. So, I mean, I imagine uh, – so you can probably find all of the, the release dates on Marvel.com. So it'll lead right up. So let's see here. One. That'll be like the week before. Two, three. Yeah, it'll lead. It'll be like the week before um, or maybe even the week. No, it'll be the week before. It'll be the week before Force um, The Force Awakens uh, comes out. That's going to be wild. <sighs> Dude. Uh, but anyway, so it's going to lead right up to The Force Awakens. And um, I, I, re- I read an interview today with the author and uh, he was asked, okay, you know, what what kinds of things are in this? You know, is this like a prelude to The Force Awakens? And he was like, well, there were a lot of non-negotiables. Like, you have to have this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this in the in here. He's like, and it will set the stage to The Force Awakens in such a way that a lot of things that you see in the comic, you'll you'll see basically the end result in the movie, and uh, then it, everything will kind of make sense. And so I think it will probably just add some depth, add some back uh, story, and uh, some kind of insider knowledge to maybe some of the characters, places, and events of The Force Awakens. So it's more like, uh, it's more contextual and that sort of thing. So if you don't read this, you're not going to miss something in the movie necessarily, but you're going to have a deeper knowledge of, of the characters and what's going on. Correct. Yeah. So... Um, if you don't want to be spoiled by this, turn this off now. Yep. It's counting down, Chris. 
three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. Poe Dameron's parents are in this comic. <gasps> so we theorize. So we think. So we think, yeah. Yeah, so uh, their names, uh, what is his name? Can you look uh, it up? Let me, let, me, let me open the comic Yeah, first, I won't, I won't say anything. But so out. Basically, in, in the final moments of, um, of uh, the, the fight against the second Death Star, we have... Uh, we focus on an A-wing pilot who is helping um, support the Millennium Falcon as it makes its run into the the Death Star to destroy it. Um, she also helps out Luke Skywalker as uh, he makes it out of the Death Star, with- which I had never thought about, like because he's flying out of the the exploding Death Star in an Imperial vessel. So yeah. like I never thought about the fact that they would think that he was just trying to es- like he was a an enemy trying to escape yeah. uh, the Death Star. Yeah, I didn't um, either. I mean, I just never thought. But about it makes it. sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um. So so they you know he obviously wave waves her off so he doesn't get yeah. destroyed. But you know I mean yeah. that's just I something I never thought about. Is her name Shara? Yes. Shara Bay. Yeah. Kess Dameron. Dameron. Yeah. However you say Dameron. We'll have to find out whenever the uh, the movie comes yeah. out how exactly to so pronounce we, that. So we think that they are Poe Dameron. Because he says that they're married. They reference the fact that they're married in the comics. Yeah. And we think that they're Poe Dameron's, Dameron's uh, parents. Yeah. And so like that, that fact, I like I didn't really notice the first time I read it until you pointed it out. And yeah. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, that's that's wild. Well, they man. only say it like twice, or right. Something like that. Um, and also like, so I asked you like, how much time will have taken place between this and the movie? And so it's it's about thirty years or so. So that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Like mm-hmm. the timeline works. Yeah. Um, for for you know between this and whenever supposedly the Force Awakens is supposed to pick up. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it would be. It, you wonder what what's going to happen to them in between now and you know whenever Force Awakens starts, right? And you know what, what obviously the uh, this one basically it takes place over the course of what what would you say like twenty four hours? I mean, oh less yeah, less than twenty four hours. Yeah, this- and it kind of will. It seems like it's leading into the next comic pretty heavily. So, are we going to jump forward in time at some point? Are we going to lead right up until um, the time whenever the the, the movie comes out? I, I just don't know where you know how this works as far as like a timeline goes. Because if if the next one is the next day or something like that, you're looking at only getting through about four days worth of uh, worth of stuff, and that doesn't really necessarily lead right up until Force Awakens. Right. So I don't know. That's true. That's a great point. Um... Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out in yeah. terms of because this is just a small part of the story. This is basically the setup to a story that we that feels like it will dive in. Um, I could this is what I could see happening. I could see them doing um, three issues of the four issue miniseries are the story of whatever's happening. So basically, you know, and then the last one being like a jump into the future. Ah, that could be cool. Um, and uh, kind of a prologue or yeah, right, right. That's afterwards, right? Prologue. Uh, yes. Yes. So, like, what... Or, no, no, it's, it would be an epilogue. Epilogue. There That's you it. go. Um, so the comic uh, focuses on uh, uh, the A-Wing... Fi- what do they call the fight? There's a bunch of fighters that they... That they uh, so they were Green Team or whatever. Green like, Team was, yeah. was what um, Shara flew with. And then um, Kess... He was like an oh, he elite. was on the ground. Yeah, he was with uh, with Han Solo yeah. and them. Um, He's a first in, last out kind of foot soldier kind of guy. Right. So um, they were the ones that took down the shield around uh, around the this battle station. Correct. The Death Star. Um, and so uh, they have the kind of the party that you see in the end of Return of the Jedi, and then literally like next morning, Han Solo wakes them all up like, hey. There's a rebel, or sorry, there's an imperial base on the other side of this moon that we didn't realize was there. They're they're planning a counterattack against us. We need to go take them out. And so they go over there um, to take them out. Everyone goes in uh, and a, so apparently find information and uh, that that kind of leads them to believe that there's a lar- still a large threat from the empire out there. Yeah, which I guess, you know, whenever you look at the celebration, we've always wondered, you know, what happens in the, you know, with the celebration of of because it's like at the end of the the return of the Jedi, it seems like the entire uh, galaxy is just celebrating the the fall of the empire. Um but obviously if, you know, th- there there's more to be done and more work to be done, um 
you know, around the, this story where you're cleaning up some of what the empire left behind. Um, there's going to be a massive power struggle. We've talked about it on the podcast before where there was a comic, uh, where, um, the celebration on Coruscant, which we saw at the, in the special edition versions of the return of the Jedi that immediately after that celebration, um, there are basically police officers kind of swoop in and, and take out those people. What was this? Have, have, did I not tell you about this? There's a comic that deals with the uh, that particular scene where it picks up right there where that scene um, on Coruscant where they're shooting off fireworks or whatever and some Imperial police officers basically um, round up the people who were celebrating, yeah. the rebels who were celebrating the fall of the Empire right. and take them away. Like So, so that's alluded, you know, for... Um when did that comic come out? Uh, it would have come out around whenever the big wave of, of Star Wars comics started. Like one of them started that way. Which one? I don't, let me let me let me do some research. I've been reading find those. Out. Have you read all of them though? Yeah. I need to find out if it's that or if it's a book. Well, it might, so, it might no, be that book. Was, yeah, that, after, I was about the, to say aftermath kind of starts off like that. Yeah. So what's happening? So for, uh, let's let's do some let's do some uh, explanation with that. There's a new book out that takes place right after Return of the Jedi called Star Wars Aftermath. And it's kind of like what happens after the second Death Star falls. And, you know, how does the Empire respond to all that kind of stuff. And um, one of the things, yeah, they're on Coruscant. They're, but the, what they're doing is they're tearing down a statue of That's right. um, the That's, Emperor. That's right. the book, yeah. And uh, so they're tearing down a statue, and as you know, they're doing that. Police officers come up, open fire on them, start shooting them, and uh, and then you know they they retaliate, and that's kind of how like the first like page of aftermath how that starts. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> but spoiler alert for the very first page. Yeah, very first page. So um, I'm reading that actually, and we'll hopefully re- review that on the podcast whenever I finish. I would love to f- to read that whole thing this weekend. Is what I'm trying to do. Yes, I'm trying to to blaze through it. I'm, I've got the first couple chapters down, and uh, I just haven't had a ton of time. Just to, I was obviously watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark last <laughs> night, um, but uh, so I'm going to try to just blaze through the rest of that. And uh, get a review out maybe in a couple weeks. So this um, this story feels very much tied to that, you know, where where you know this big celebration takes place, and you know th- they think that it's a big victory, and yeah. then there are still these pockets of yeah. of the empire that need to be taken out. So. Like what's interesting, I think, is the fact that you know even whenever you watch the Return of the Jedi, you know that's the end of the movie. You're like, well, everything's done, everything's fixed, you know, everything's okay now, and it's just like, well, that's not really the way that life works it's not really the way the world works and that's that's not how this universe is working you know because immediately right after they got to get up and do some stuff you know like and and figure out uh, you know that even in the comic they reference you know what happens now um you know do we um uh, re rebuild the the government or you know like they re- reference the fact that uh, the empire is in chaos but the thing is that there are still a lot of empire um out there that doesn't know that any of this has happened, and I guarantee they're gonna right. they're gonna they're gonna clamp down on communication across the galaxy. And well, I mean, all of the star destroyers that are out there. I mean, you can't. I mean, that they could easily uh, hold captive a a planet or a moon or something like that, you know, and and hole up on one of these places and easily do that. And so, obviously, you know, it's not going to be easy to take out all of the remains of the empire. So. Yeah. Um, it just depends. Like, I, I don't know where this, this leads, if this leads into, uh, force awakens, like where is the, where do we pick up with the force awakens is, are the rebels still rebels? Are the, is the empire still kind of, uh, the empire? I mean, there's yeah. lots of theories that are floating around, but I mean, those I, are the big questions. Yeah. And we, we just honestly just don't know. And, uh, and we will find out eventually, but yeah, like I, I like the fact that, um, this is giving some backstory and, and kind of laying those foundations for because a movie I don't think we'll have time to cover what did happen right after Return of the Jedi. Right, like how bad off is the Empire? You know, right. like was that really a killing blow or was that just a setback? I know their leader's gone and the dark the the carriers of the dark side of the Force, so that's going to affect it a lot. But you know, like what impact does this really have? And uh, I like the fact that they're exploring that in these. Um, comics and books 
For sure, dude. For sure. And all of the, all of the, this is very true to like the Star Wars kind of art form. And so the art looks really dynamic. Yeah. It's, you open something, that first page and there's a splash page Mm -hmm. and, oh man, it's just so detailed and so wonderful. Honestly, there's, there's a lot more detail, I think, in this comic than there was even in like the first, um, Star Wars mainline comic. And, Mm. uh, and it's, it's just a beautiful looking book. Um, who's the artist on this? So let me see. So we've got, because uh, we have three names on the front, so I want to make sure I, I attribute everyone correctly. Um, we've got, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this last name, but Marco uh, Chetto did the art, uh, art on this one. And then uh, Andre Massa did the colors. So, nice. Yeah. That's Phil awesome. Noto did the cover, which is awesome. Um, yeah, so definitely, definitely pick this up if you're interested in comics, if you're yeah. interested in Star Wars comics, if you're interested in Star Wars yeah. either. So, um, or potentially if you got the free code at the beginning of this, yes. you can read that and uh, and enjoy. I don't know. If we're going to rate this, John, because this is is not really. Mm. A, I mean, I could, we could rate it, you know, in terms of like you know, in terms of setup. It's but yeah. Um, it definitely feels like it, like so. Um, we reviewed uh, Descender a, a while back, and th- this definitely feels like more of a setup th- as a first issue than that did as a first issue. Like that kind of had uh, these turns it, and yeah. twists, and it had a payoff at the end. Would but it was cliffhanger too, you know. Right. It's, so, but this really feels like the beginning of a story. So right. I really would, I think at the end, whenever we look at all four of these things, it's truly going to be one story. I, right. I think that the, you know, if you picked this up as a, in a trade paperback, like a graphic novel form later on, that it, that would probably be the best, like, you know, picture of the story overall. Yeah. If, unless you just want to get the story as it, as it happens before the force awakens, you know, like, like I do, that's what I would say. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, this is not a, a, a strong commitment for issues, you know, go pick them up every single week at your local comic shop that I guarantee has them you or know? digitally on, on your, your device. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like I, I read a lot of digital comics, um, as well. And so, uh, definitely pick them up if you're interested in star Wars and the backstory and you're antsy about the force awakens. Um, which who isn't come on if i was going to give this a rating um i'd probably give it an eight out of ten um in terms of you know just like this is a a a high quality comic it's got a lot of great art the story is something that's interesting it's you know like very intriguing um yeah, I mean, and, and it definitely, I, I loved how it interfaced with uh, the Return of the Jedi, and I really yeah. loved that they took those elements and they really made, you know, they expanded on that without, you know, damaging well, they, it at all. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, they, they, they referenced, you know, like you said, they referenced that uh, Luke had trouble getting away from the Death Star. He like he almost got blown up by an A wing. Yeah. You know? So it's like so it's doing new things with the with the existing material that it's like man, you know, I, I never would have thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then I I also appreciated the fact that um, whenever we were on the surface, we ran into uh, Han Solo, we yeah. ran into Chewie, we ran into uh, Lando Calrissian. So. You know, there's there's this authenticity to it that I, I really appreciate as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, stay tuned next week. This is this has been a, a good podcast. It's kind of flown by for me, at least. It really has. It's it's felt like it's shorter than it is. Like looking at it, now, it's like 50 minutes or so that we're yeah. in. You know, yeah. so yeah. So next week uh, will be uh, pre-recorded. Um, it will not be up to so if like the world blows up or something between now and then, we won't be talking about it next week. We will be talking about something else. But Correct. rest assured, we'll be back and talking about it the next week. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com, on Twitter at ChrisWright250. And JohnWright777. And at StayOnTargetPod. Always online, stayontargetpodcast.com. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.